This is the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies. Now, your hosts, Bill Caskey and Brian Neal. Bill Caskey and Brian Neal back at the Advanced Selling Podcast. I presume when I say back that you've been here before and you're back with us. But there might be some new people because we add subscribers every week, do we not? We do add subscribers. We add a few hundred subscribers each week. And if you have not heard us before, we talk about selling, achievement, mental clarity, and sex. <laughs> That Yeah, we need to have this one transcribed because we will get lots of extra traffic on our website. <laughs> Speaking of website... Make sure we use sex in the keyword. <laughs> we have a new website, correct? We have a new website, advancedsellingpodcast.com. Advancedsellingpodcast.com. And we are getting good traffic there. Go there and uh, make comments. There's uh, the phone number if you want to call us. All information about the Advanced Selling Podcast is there at advancedsellingpodcast.com, including... The picture, the, the Brian picture, Neal, which we still haven't fixed yet. I, the pale, it's, the yeah. pale man. I know you. You airbrushed my face to make it that white. I know you did because I've never been that white in my life. Most people put whiteners on their teeth. <laughs> you just use it on your whole face. Okay, topic today. Let's get right to work. Go. I opened up the New York Times the other day. I know it makes me sound smart. Doesn't Very it? intellectual. Uh, I only get to Sunday Times because I can't handle the I can't handle the New York Times every. But our listeners week. need to know that we live in the heartland of America in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes, so to read the right. New York Times makes you extremely, extremely elite, on yeah, edge. That's I, good. But uh, <laughs> the, in the last issue, there was a lot of discussion around the uh, what's called the income gap, income okay. inequality, which, uh, in a non-technical way of describing it, is that. There are people at the high end who make a lot of money, and there's mm-hmm. people at the low end who don't make much, and the gap in between is widening. Mm-hmm. The haves and the have-nots, you've heard that before. Uh, there is a tremendous gap between the haves and have-nots. There was an article in uh, came over the wire service from Los Angeles <laughs> Times a few uh, weeks ago that said American men in their 30s earn less than their father's generation did at the same age, potentially reversing a long-time assumption that each successive generation will be better off than its predecessor. Yep. Now, you can make numbers look anywhere you want, but I saw that article a couple of weeks ago. Then I read this New York Times piece on income inequality. And let me give you the bottom line of it, Brian. Okay. You ready? Ready. Got a pencil? Bottom line. Take notes. Got them. If you look at the gross personal income of the top 1% of American earners, it has doubled in the last 20 years. Okay. So let's just say, for example, that all the income put together in this whole country equals $100 trillion. The top 1% of those now takes home about 18% of that $100 trillion versus um, 10 years ago when they only took home 8%. The bottom line is the haves are getting richer. Yep. And, so here, a, and here we're talking about income, not even not personal net worth. That's right. We mean the earning, the dollars that are going to people's pockets on a weekly, biweekly basis, the people at the top are getting a bigger percentage than they used to. That's true. Got that's it. correct. Got uh, it. They're also spending more, but that's not what we're talking about here today. No. So uh, there was a, an article written by a guy named Daniel Gross, who's a Times writer, yep. and uh, he cites some of these uh, percents. And then he goes on to say that he is citing actually another study, and here's what it says. And I think this is very relevant for what we talk about on the Advanced Selling Podcast, and especially for the sales teams that we talk to. Here it is. The good news is that most of the inequality reflects an increase in returns to investing in skills, workers completing more school, getting more training, acquiring new capabilities. And the fourth thing is, and this is this what really struck me, is an increase in the amount of pay for performance-based compensation. Hmm. So f- almost 
25% of that growth that we talked about earlier, that doubling uh, of the higher income people in, in gross share of income, comes from more, more and more people are being paid for performance. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Sales if, you're, if you're in sales, or if you're a business owner, like so many of our listeners are, or even a VP of sales, you probably, in some part of your life, you get paid for what you do and what you bring in. Yep. So let, let's, if, can we go back and break some of those down a little further and talk to our listeners break about what they can specifically do or think about relative to those, those items that are causing this gap to widen so they stay on the front end of the wave. Yes, correct. And hop in that 19% that are controlling the top 1% of the income versus the bottom wave. And I would say most of our listeners will be my guests are in the middle right now. And what we'd like to help them do is jump into that top, yeah. uh, that top 1%. I actually worked for a, a guy whose his goal lifelong forever is to always be in the top 1% of income earners. I know who that Country, is. You do know who that and is. And do you know what the top 1% of income earners earn? My guess is $185,000 a year. Way higher than that. Is it really? Yeah. What it's, top 1%? It's, it's about $340,000. In personal income. Top 1%. Three forty. Yeah. So that could be a goal right there for somebody. My goal is to be in the top 1% of income earners in the country. You got to be making about 340 to be yeah. there. Perfect. So let's talk about how All to right. do that. And these are through our eyes. And this is just, uh, of course, this podcast is about our opinions. We are out talking to a lot of our clients who earn, uh, earn in that top 1% Correct. strata. So there are some things that we see that we think are important for you to continue your quest and mission toward that number. Very good. Uh, let's t- first, because I think this one doesn't apply specifically to us, is that idea of more formal education. Okay. My assumption is most of our listeners probably have their undergraduate degree. And if they don't, no offense to them, but it clearly an easy fix. If you don't, you go get one. I would guess someone that doesn't is probably earning enough money they don't need to go back and do that. That's more. true. That's right. So um, that was the first thing as a formal education. Formal education, yeah. And the only thing that applies also to our clients I would or our listeners, I would say, is do I or do I not get an MBA? Personal opinion, I don't see the – I see that as a, there's a diminishing return there. When you go out and plunk down 100 grand for your MBA, you may not likely make that up. Plus, you may get programmed to be a little more robotic than you might care to be at an MBA school. Yeah, but, you definitely earn more with an MBA, according to the study, but not as much more as you'd earn with a doctorate. When you get to a doctorate level, you okay. really do earn significantly amounts more. But okay, good. the point is here that get your education. It almost guarantees you'll never be in poverty if you have a college education. Very good. Uh, what about the the middle things they mentioned in that article about the getting better skills, getting more training? Those things seem to really speak to me about what we do, ironically. Well, it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Because I have listed on our big white advanced selling podcast board yeah. here in front of me. It is huge. It is huge. It's like 19 feet long. Yeah. Um, several areas that I have found and, and we have found people who are in that top 1% are really good at. Okay. And we're not going to go into detail today because we don't have time on a 15-minute podcast, but we're going to t- take you through the five, because the question kind of is, well, what training do I need? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, okay, you've, you've, uh, you've convinced me that I need to continue to build my skills, but what, what skills do I really need? So we're going to talk about five things, and you're going to talk, or we're going to talk together about where do you get those. Okay, good. And maybe a little bit about the risk, the reward. Uh, maybe some of the inner game issues around this. Yeah, so sure. Let's start with this top five, and I'll go ahead through them, and I'll just comment, and then you can chime in if you want to. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's nice of you. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Fifteen seconds each one. <laughs> go. I'll leave for you. <laughs> um, 
Number one area of training that, that we believe you need to be in the top 1% is what I'll just put under the lump of communication skill. That could be anything from verbal expression of your value. If you're in sales, you need to be able to sequentially take someone through a process. You need to be able to communicate your message. You need to be able to communicate what you do through the customer's eyes. Uh, that's the verbal side of communication skills. But there's also a written side of communication. And many times in professional selling, businesses of any kind, you need to put things in writing. You need mm -hmm. to send emails. You need to send direct letters. You need to send follow-ups from meetings. You need to send uh, cover letters. You need to send proposals. And all that requires writing. And from what I see, the, the really high-achieving people either have people that do that for them or they're just, they just have a knack for being able to think clearly and get their thoughts on paper. So if I'm going to make 340 grand a year, being the top 1%, I need to be a good communicator. Yeah, Fair would enough. You, would you, uh, you endorse that? I would endorse that highly, yeah, yeah. I would, if you can endorse something highly, which isn't real good communication. But yeah, absolutely. It, clear to me, and I always apply this to my clients, I can take individuals that I know are in that top 1%, put them next to someone that I know is not in the top 1%, and there's a clear, clear difference in the yeah. communication abilities. Probably if you are in a company who has a president or CEO, and it doesn't mean that they're always the best communicators, but especially if it's a, if it's a founder type of person uh, who's been with a company from day one, go learn from them. Go mm -hmm. interview them. Ask them questions. Pretend like you're a prospect. Let them sell you. See how they communicate the value. Chances are they're going to be really clear and uh, and what, what's the word I'm looking Concise. for? Concise. You're probably just, looking for a bigger word than that. Uh, but. Yeah, it's a New York Times <laughs> word, but they're, they're going to be very good at that. So that yeah. was number one. Good. The second scope of training that I would, I would suggest is some kind of problem finding and solving training. You know, we preach every day that a sales professional who wants to earn a lot of money and be very successful needs to be good at finding and solving problems. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you may have problem solvers that come in behind you and actually deliver the solutions. If you're in the technology world, chances are the salesperson is not out there programming. They have a, a, a covey of people that come in. But you do have to be good at finding the problem mm -hmm. and not just taking the first problem the customer gives you, but understanding the scope of the issues that they have and how that's affecting their business. And the two comments I have here, the first is that top 1% that I observe they're good at what you just said, which is seeing the, the grand scheme of all the problems, not just one minute problem, where I'll see people that are in that top 1% income group take a deal that a, another person is working on and turn that deal into something five, ten times as big because they see a much bigger landscape there. The second thing they're much better at than the people that are, that are down and below in the income ranks is the discernment factor, is really being able to look at a set of problems and say, ah, this is the type of deal I need to work on. That deal, while it seems like it might be, I can't spend time on that deal. They're much better at picking the right ones to work with and discarding or leaving the wrong ones alone. Yeah, when you look at your, your income, and if you're in the 350000 a year to a million dollar a year com, uh, compensation, you probably aren't working on low deals. You're probably no. being very picky about where you spend your time. We've talked about yep. that on the podcast a lot. We're kind of putting it today in a little bit different context. Yeah. Uh, the third area of training I would suggest is sales and marketing training. And I know this is a huge, huge umbrella to, to put up here, but 
do you understand selling? Do you understand the sales process? Do you understand how people make decisions? Mm-hmm. Do you understand how people arrive at a conclusion to buy from you? Those are really good competencies to have because if you're going to be pursuing business in the marketplace, it's kind of nice to know how people arrive at the conclusion that their, their life would be better off with you than without you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, comment on the sales and marketing uh, idea there is if you're going to the 1% income bracket, your sales training can't be sales training 101. I think it's real important that people that want to go here find something that is special around this because there's a lot more that goes into oh, yeah. taking someone making 150 grand to 300 than goes into taking someone making from making 40 to making 100. Uh, it's a totally different game. And so, and that's hard to find. I think it's really hard to find. You can find it at our shop, but it's hard to find. So you can't dress for success your way to success. Correct. Probably. I agree. It requires some thought about the inner game, what's happening inside you. Do you have comfort zones that you're battling through? All those things are very important. Good. The fourth area is financial acumen. Mm -hmm. Understanding how a million-dollar decision made by your customer impacts their world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just with a group of technology sellers today, and one of the biggest challenges they have is they go out and they sell this $500,000 enterprise software package. But if the customer doesn't believe that it solves a $5 million problem, he sees it all as, well, it's either 500 grand on this or not at all. Let's see. I think I'm going to not spend it at all. If that's the decision, you're messed up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So an understanding of financial ROI, understanding the time present value of money, understanding opportunity cost, truly what those are, because someone in that buying organization is paying attention to that. Yeah. And the higher, these high income earners typically work on much larger deals in a much higher place. And if you, as a salesperson, run into a CFO or a controller, you really need to understand how they think when they look at their balance sheets and their income statements, what their financial strategies are, um, understanding, you know, those basic, the, the ratios that they're looking at to analyze their business on their financial dashboards, understanding what cash flow is and EBIT and all those sorts of things. Uh, there's a clear separation, in my opinion, when I look at clients who are in that 1% on this topic right here. They totally understand the financial side of business where a traditional salesperson may not. Yeah. Traditional salesperson is probably more product-focused and, and yeah. me-focused rather than prospect-focused. Uh, the fifth and final area is I just put it under the umbrella of planning, and that could go for process planning. It could go for customer planning, territory planning. could be anything, but it's the, it's the skill of being able to step back and look at what needs to happen and assign deadlines and create procedures around which those things are guaranteed to happen in the timeline that you want them to happen. So mm-hmm. I put it under planning. I think that's a huge skill. I think when a, when a high-income person has an idea of a different way to pursue a client or a different product, uh, nothing happens until there's a plan for it. Yeah, agree. Okay, so I want to make three hundred forty grand. I've got to get training in these areas. Communication, I've got to become a better problem solver. I've got to find good high-level sales marketing training. I need to understand financially what goes on in a business and be able to talk the talk there. And I've got to be a good planner. Good? Good. Very it's your good. turn now. Thank you. So where do we go to get these things? And I don't, I don't have time to go through all seven, do I? I don't you know if have, I do. You uh, have three four minutes. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me that three to four minutes. <laughs> I took ten. It's like a pre- presidential debate. Uh, different types of training in the business. We look at our competitors and our people that do the same types of things that we do out there and uh, it's real important to know what's available to you. So let's go down a few of these. I've got seven up on the board. We'll see if we get to them. First is our word, what we call in-house training. This is where your company 
would invest in one of those things, communication skills or sales and marketing, and put you through some process or program. And they would typically pay for it. You'd be in a class captive to your company and that particular training organization or consultant. Typically, it's a very intimate relationship, and they get really involved in your business and that sort of thing. I find that to be most effective, mm-hmm. which is what we do here. So Next, we'll put this under just general personal development uh, for yourself. Uh, that would mean that you're either attending a seminar or you're attending uh, some sort of training training event on your own by yourself that you're probably paying for. We just talked today at lunch about the idea of if you're going to invest in a training program that's self-development focused, you need to have some skin in the game. You, you need to pay for that yeah. as opposed to going to your boss or manager saying, hey, boss, can I have some money to go do this? And, and personal development, you, you could go to a, a, a class taught at a local college. You know, it's almost, in a way, it's almost irrelevant who it is. It doesn't have to be like the, the, the Tony Robbins or the Tom Peters in town. It doesn't have to be that. It could be just a, a local college who offer, whose professor is good at a certain topic. And I think just by the nature of you going and reading and being a part of that, you're going to learn more. So I, I almost feel like it's more important you do it than, than exactly what it is. Yep. Next, if you're going to be a top 1% income earner in sales, you have to find a deal coach. And what we mean by deal coach is you've got to find somebody that is smart, that can understand your business and your sales process and give you objective, constructive feedback on what to do and how to do it in the sales process itself. Most people don't have someone, a guru. Managers don't really work well for this because the managers are too emotionally invested. It's got to be an objective outsider that can look at your deal and say, ah, I hear all these things. Have you thought about doing this, this, or that? Okay, so why do I need that, though? Um, I mean, if I'm in the middle of the deal, I know my business, I know the customer, what makes me think that an unemotional third party can help me through those things? See, now your ego is getting in front of your wallet. You just, you don't want to go to the 1%. The the answer there, (laughs) please, yeah, I know I really want to make a lot of money, but I want to do it my way. which hasn't worked, but yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. It's got me, yeah. The point here is uh, you typically are much more emotionally invested. You, the old adage, you can't see the forest through the trees. Uh, we say in a, a peer group that I'm in that it's much easier to run someone else's company than to run your own company. And that's the same in sales. It's much easier to look at someone else's deal and pick it apart and understand where the flaws are and those sorts of things than when it's your own. And I just find that there's always, always better. Next, a peer forum. There are companies in, in the... I thought in, it said a peer farm. Peer forum. 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 Okay. Yeah, it does say farm, but I'm going to call it forum. Peer forum. That's essentially <laughs> when you're pair, sitting around form. a pear forum. Pear farm. That gets back to the sex comment, doesn't it? There are companies, organizations. I'm part of one called Vistage, which used to be called Tech, that are great places where companies from non-competitive industries get around a table and fix and help and solve each other's problems. Uh, there's another one based here. I can't remember the name of it. That's a sales roundtable sort of thing. But those are great, great um, things to do. Yeo is good. Yeo, thank you. Ypo qualified to get into Y-E-O. Yeah, those are all great organizations. Yeah. Uh, last thing, look at what you do to feed your brain. And the the two things we talk about here, one is just reading or listening to uh, information, whether it be tapes or CDs or DVDs that you're watching, and look at the company that you're keeping along those ways. What sorts of inputs are going into your mind? Because if you want to earn in the top 1%, you need to be hanging around people that are already there or going there and listening and involving yourself in material that's going to drive you there versus the opposite. Most people hang around the lower end because it makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah. I challenge people to move to that higher that's end. That's what I do. And yeah. my friends listen to this, so that's <laughs> that just got me in trouble. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're right. There's podcasts, there's video casts, there's RSS feeds, there's all sorts of ways you can be dialed into the leading thinkers in your industry. Yeah. And you will become a leading thinker by handing, hanging around leading thinkers. No question about it. No it's question. Hard to say. So. Stinking thinkers. So that's good. So you've given uh, us four or five uh, Seven. methods. Seven. Technically six. I combined the last you, two. You didn't do industry expertise. Oh, I skipped one, didn't I? You're good. I thought you were intentionally skipping that because of time. We are out of time. Okay, let's do it. But this has been good. I I hope this has been uh, helpful in terms of thinking about what you earn and your uh, business purpose and your role and your mission when it comes to working on yourself. Because that is, you are the income machine. And if you get... If your machine gets better oiled and you get maintenance and you grow, then you're going to make more money and probably be happier. Yeah. Not that those two go hand in hand all the time, but uh, usually they do. Money's the root of all happiness. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's is? what I'm is saying. That, uh, Money is the root of all happiness. Sophocles. Ta-da. All right. Hey, we'll be back next time. Go to advancedsellingpodcast.com. Also, we've got a new product that we want to highlight, and that is called the Sales Playbook. And it's uh, you can go to advancedsellingpodcast.com, and it's over 100 scenarios that we walk through point by point that scenarios you might have happened to you in the sales process. So yeah. go there and check that out. Too. See you. See you. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast, presented by Caskey Achievement Strategies, Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillCaskey.com or to iTunes.